promised land there by Silalo Silota. What a beautiful song, man. What a beautiful song. Uh, look, technically speaking, uh, we've got about, by law, as per what the Constitutional Court has determined precedence, we may not have our elections any later than the last day of August. We may not, because it's 90 days uh, the limitation is 90 days after uh, the last day that the administration expires. The administration expires on the day that it was uh, inaugurated, right? And so it cannot then, that works out to about August. Um, so it cannot be no later than August. Uh, but traditionally in South Africa, we have our elections in either April or May especially our national government elections. It usually falls around April or May. I look, and I'm, I'm probably going to be wrong about this, uh, but it's not a train smash if I'm wrong about it. I don't think we're going to have our elections April or May. I think we may have um, our election uh, uh, in, in, in June, maybe July. Here's why I say so, uh, because we're going to have an election for the very first time under a brand new electoral uh, framework, electoral law, and a framework that guides how it's supposed to be done. So I do think the IEC will have uh, will need a little bit more runway time in terms of preparation because I also think that they need to figure out um, how they're going to deal with it administratively, especially um, and very importantly around the question of independent candidates. There may be a whole lot more independent candidates than anticipated, and the volume thereof may present itself as a administrative nightmare. That's notwithstanding, we, we're really giving ourselves six months from now till when we vote. Six months is not a lot of time. It really, really isn't a lot of time. Um, and in the next six months, you're going to see a lot of theater, political theater and political pantomime. You're going to see weird and wonderful things. You're going to see people trying to rebrand and reinvent themselves. You're going to hear parties say things that may irk you, that may scare you. But the question is, how much weight should we place on what we will be seeing and what is likely to be uh, the middle ground of our politics that's likely to be the outcome rather than the extremities of our politics where certain political parties will try to draw us to uh, and pull and pull and push us towards to, right? Uh, and, and, and how do you, as a South African voter, find yourself holding a balance of sanity in the chaos of extremities? And that really is going to be a part of your, your, your political journey over the next six months. So, uh, what are the options on the table? You could go for a traditional dominant party option, or you may consider a new entrant. You may consider the possibility that a small voice entering the body politic or even parliament, uh, more specifically, may, 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 may be of benefit to you. But you may think that you're contributing to the multi-party charter. You may think that it may not all be perfect, but it's worth a try. Or you may think mm, it's too fractured and too volatile to give it a try. You don't know if uh, all the egos and, 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 and you know, personalities in the room will ever be able to find a middle ground that will uh, give us a conducive governance environment. All of those things may be top of mind for you, but how do you balance all of that? 
Sandile Swana, political analyst, joins us for this conversation. Uh, Sandile, good evening. Thank you so much for your time. Really do appreciate it. Um, pretend you have a crystal ball in front of you right now. What do you think might be the most shocking outcome of South Africa's politics, either electorally or uh, behaviorally or otherwise in 2024? And how do you think it will lend itself to the shaping of our electoral process and the outcome thereof? Uh, the, the the part that uh, is about shocking, I'm not sure about that part. Our, I, for me, our politics, um, once you have been observing the statistics over time, uh, by and large, they should not shock you, uh, except if you've also been lying to yourself. For instance, uh, had we been observing the election, the election results year after year, should not have been shocked in 2016 when when the elections of the metros changed. We should not have been shocked uh, again in 2021 when they changed even more fundamentally because when you look at the graphs, you can see clearly that as the service delivery declines, the, uh, the two biggest parties have not been doing as well as they should have, in fact. Certainly, the ANC has been very consistent in its downward trend. Uh, the DA came up with a story that my money, this, my money, that. But they've, they've not since been able to improve on their record since they fired my money anyway. And certainly since they got rid of Herman uh, uh, Mashaba in Johannesburg. However, having said that, there are two parties, and then maybe three, uh, the EFF, the Freedom Front Plus have been showing steady growth patterns. Um, and then add to the mixture the PA, you know, uh, and the PA for the time being has got some form of room to play in. Uh, although their politics, uh, in terms of the, our political history and the figures we've seen, the Neville Alexanders of this world, the Jake Stavros, some high caliber people, Bussards and so on, uh, the caliber that is there that is going to win the so-called colored vote, Jason McCain's and, and his lot, they are far below standards. But they, they have an op- almost a unique opportunity to, to get a lot of votes. So those would be the three at the bottom. And then you have the new entrants, uh, the formidable Msholozi, uh, uh, Jacob Zuma, coming into the picture and shaking the politics of KZN and other provinces that favor them, then I think the ANC is shaken. So though that is where I think the mix is going to be. So let's start at the bottom there uh, with the Patriotic Alliance and work our way up in terms of making sense of uh, what could be the likely outcome. This is not, unlike Action SA and Herman Mashaba, this is not the PA's first attempt at a national government election. In fact, this would be their second, right? I think their first was, no, their first was 2014, was it not? Um, and, 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 and so they, they're not new at this. They've never been able to get enough votes to get a seat in the National Assembly. Uh, but a lot has changed between, two, between now and 2021, where they seemingly gained a lot of ground in local government elections. Um, how often do we see in, 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 in political behavior, do we see parties being able to use local government election momentum uh, to build into success at a national government election? 
And uh, yes, I, I think what you've just said is so, so crucially important that um, the, the PA has not been previously successful. I think we need to acknowledge, like, unlike the EFF, for instance, they have definitely not been successful. However, uh, in recent years, actually, because of the weakening of the two main parties, being the PA and the ANC, the PA, with small votes in local government, have been able probably to punch 10 times to 100 times above their weight and profile themselves into every type of issue, even when the issues are irrelevant, for instance, raising national issues at local government level and all sorts of things. Um, So they've been creating a lot of theater and making a name for themselves one way or the other. That could translate to, you know, a seat or two in the National Assembly, which they've not been able to do before. Uh, we've seen the EFF on your questions that you are raising, that there are some changes. I mean, it's not easy to say how do you translate your local government success to national success. It's not an easy answer. But there are things that are interesting because, you know, all of us would have been caught up in the in the rallies of the EFF and, and all these big things they do without realizing that these guys have never even won a war, you know. And they started to win a word here and a word over there. You know, so it shows that there are changes that are happening in the political landscape. And mainly the grip of the two dominant parties is weakening on the general population. And, and, and so that's notwithstanding. I, you know, one can say, look, Herman Mashaba clearly wasn't a non-starter with Action SA. Him and Michael Beaumont were able to really uh, cut through to the... Uh, you know, the nervous system of the Democratic Alliance voter base and was able to uh, erode some of of what the DA thought was steadfastly uh, just their voters that they didn't need to fight to retain. But clearly now they need to fight to to retain those voters in the same way they needed to fight uh, to retain uh, white conservative, moderate to conservative white Afrikaners who uh, at some point defected back to uh, the Freedom Front Plus, or defected to it for the first time. And so it realized, oh, no, it, it, it can't play broad church politics anymore. So the Democratic Alliance is is, is, is facing competition from various fronts uh, of, of, of its own political spectrum, right? And, and that may be an interesting uh, observation. Uh, the last time, as you mentioned, they blamed Mashaba, uh, they blamed uh, my money, my money left, and it didn't get any better. Um, does John Steenhazen... Um, have the draw uh, to be able to retain what could be uh, the loose atomic voters that could, uh, you know, defect away to to, to to the Freedom Front Plus on, on, on the right end of the spectrum and defect away to the uh, uh, um, Action SA on the moderate end of the spectrum. Um, and do, do, can they become a party that can grow back to what was their peak at some point, which was, I think, a 22% party? They're hovering just below that at the moment. Um, or is, 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 is this it? Is this the ceiling for the Democratic Alliance? I think the DA is taking a lot of punches. Eh? Some self-inflicted, um, I would say. Yes, self-inflicted. You know, um, obviously I could be criticized here for using anecdotal data and things like that. 
But I live in Krugerstock, for instance. This is where I live in the rural areas of Maldonville. And I participate in a lot of community activities. But what is interesting is that, uh, as we are aware, the DA got kicked out of the municipality in Mohalati. The the interesting thing is that the so-called white population here are asking whether it would not be better to vote for the ISP. Right? So you are raising the question of uh, yeah, Mashaba will take those votes, and I think Mashaba is, is quite capable of taking the, 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 those votes from the quite capable. A lot of the freedom front plus is quite capable. But you did not mention in your list the votes that would go to the ISP as well. So because, and, and let me then explain this, what, what also fuels that idea is that there are some people, some liberals, and Einstein being one, and then some black liberals, the likes of Mapusom Simang, Snooki uh, Zigalala, those types of characters who are saying the ANC itself must shift and form a coalition with the DA. And on the liberal side, the likes of Helen Zille, whether she denies it or agrees or, 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 or publicly admits it, it's another story. And others are saying, guys, what we now need is, an, is a super coalition of the ANC, the declining ANC and the declining DA coming together and forming some middle of the road type of party. That, by the way, is going to piss off a lot of voters, in other words, annoy a lot of voters, voters to other quarters, let voters in another direction and white voters in another direction, and maybe consolidate a smaller core in the middle. So those are some of the things that uh, are also in the offering in all of them. Yeah. Um, and so the multi-party charter is seemingly still a conversation. Um, it hasn't quite taken off the ground just yet. It seems to have been a threat, but they can't seem to find common ground. Um, Mashaba's quite clear that Helen Ziller's a, a cancer in the DA and that he can't work with a party like that, but he's also quite clear he never will work with the ANC, so it's quite clear that uh, the DA could eventually at some point come around and Mashaba could find uh, middle ground with them. Uh, all while that is happening, the DA says that they can't work with the Patriotic Alliance. Uh, they don't want to work with criminals. So says the EFF as well, but I don't know if that's relevant here. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, Mashaba and, 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 and the Patriotic Alliance seem to have a relationship of understanding, a, a, a conducive, collegial relationship where uh, they can push and pull and negotiate and make compromises for and with each other. Um, or while that's happening, you have new entrants, Musa Mamani and Busa. But, you know, we don't know to what extent they're part of the conversation. You have Razum Zanzi on the one hand. Uh, we don't know to what extent they're a part of that conversation. We have the rumor of uh, Roger Jadin. We haven't heard much of them since they've launched their party and they sort of just had a thing and then they disappeared. So I don't know what to make of that. Um, and then you have all these other, uh, you know, let's call them um, uh, alternatives away from the dominant ANC breakaway alternatives, right? Uh, is there really going to be a multi-charter, uh, a multi-party charter movement that finds momentum? Or is participating in that as a party, a small political party, potentially damaging to yourself 
because whoever may give you a vote may be worried that you're going to go and share that vote with another party that they vehemently disagree with. Uh, so someone may say, you know, I really like what Bongani Baloy is doing. I like him as an activist, Chiluva, forward, forward, Chiluva. I want to give him a vote, but I'm afraid that he's going to go and share that vote with those those, those people at the DA that we had both run away from. You know, those may be some of the considerations. How much of that uh, is going to be a dynamic to watch out for? I think that dynamic, uh, the way I looked at that dynamic, uh, certainly with, that's clear in my mind, is that the people who are going to annoy their own supporters, traditional supporters, and I think that is probably quite true, if the DP, for instance, says they are partnering with the ANC, uh, you remember that there were stories long ago that the DA is ANC light. There were people, white people, white voters, were saying this. This thing is becoming one and the same thing. Uh, so, so you could annoy those types of voters by, you know, having those tendencies. Then. I think that Biles have been very clear of this danger that you are mentioning. To me, is the Freedom Front Plus, and I think a lot of others have followed the Freedom Front Plus. Well, the Freedom Front Plus says, guys, we will campaign on our own terms, under our own banner, and for our own constituents, which wants something specific out of South African politics. Then once we have a certain number of votes, we can then form the coalition and negotiate what we get out of the coalition, even if it's the multi-party charter, whatever you call it, based on strength, known strength that we have, the known support. And then the other idea that uh, I think is a misguided idea uh, that we should should not be encouraged in a, in a democracy where people say they want like-minded people. I have never been able to understand what exactly that is because you have your own voters who vote for you specifically. The people who vote for, let's say, Action SA are actually not voting for EFF or voting for Freedom Front Plus. They are voting for Action SA. For Action SA to go into the negotiating room on a continual national assembly, wherever it may be, of the city council, and negotiate for the position that they want, whether those positions are free health care or whatever it may be. So you need to continue that struggle. So our front politics, regardless of what the politicians are thinking, are politics where the voters are saying, I don't want a broad thing. Everything is mixed into one bag. I want to vote for a boutique party, and that boutique party must go and participate in a broad national assembly or national government of national unity or collective government system based on how much support we have, rather than just throwing yourself into a mix of a thing where your own identity disappears and your own ambitions are swallowed up there and they never re-emerge. So those are, the, I think, the sensitivities that these guys are facing now. And the politicians must pretend to think that uh, being dictated to by the voters. For instance, it's not up to the ANC anymore whether uh, they are going to get 51% or not. It's the voters who make that decision. And it's the voters who can take that vote and give it to Zidi 
or give it to my money. Uh, it's their vote, and they, they, they've already demonstrated they are quite willing to give this vote to these smaller guys. Yeah. Taking your reactions, give me a call, 086 I'm also going to take your WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. It's 24 minutes to the top of the hour. Perhaps it's just the last theme I want you and I to explore here before I take some voice notes and perhaps one or two calls in reactions. Uh, Sandile, is this. Um, the real elephant in the room is whether or not the ANC is going to dip below 50%. You know, I... I I love thinking of myself as a rational, numbers-obsessed person. I think numbers will tell you a story about the future that oftentimes uh, we try to ignore. And if we are to go purely on numbers, the ANC is dipping below 50%. Because if you look at the graph and the downward trend, if it keeps the same slope, <laughs> it dips to below 40% or 50%. In fact, the ANC would be lucky if, again... Uh, the numbers were to hold true as a pattern of the past into the future, the ANC would be lucky to get 45%, right? But there's something in within my gut feeling, and sometimes politics is a little bit about gut feelings here as well. There's something in my gut feeling that says South Africans are way too change averse for that to happen, that I see the ANC dipping but not below 50%. I I see a 51% margin there, and and, and I'm of two minds about this at the moment. Um, what's 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 your look into that? You see, it's actually interesting because during these holidays, you meet a lot of these uh, old activists and what is you know, uh, a lot of them have actually, regardless of your gut feeling, have actually resigned themselves to a coalition that they are going to the ANC is going to dip below fifty percent. One of the things quite a few of them recognize, and, and, and we'll hear maybe in the next uh, 21 days what they are going to do about it, is that if Jacob Zuma tells people to put votes, physically put votes into Umkondo Party, Umkondo Residual Party, and all that sort of thing, or to tell people to put votes anywhere where Umkondo chooses to point them to, those votes will not be in the IEC record of the ANC. That will add. I don't care if that is 3% or 2% or whatever percentage it will be. It, it just adds to the graph that you're talking about. That graph was dead on its own before all these people, as I was saying, with Colony House joining the EFF and Kubernetes. It's just a periscope of uh, and the likes of Mabusom Siman coming in and saying, yeah, I'm resigning, I'm going back, I'm doing this, where the veterans of the ANC are not even stabilizing the ANC, they're actually dividing it further. To me, I think that um, uh, if ever there is such a thing, it will be an act of God for the ANC to come above 51%. 51%. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> of Let's have a listen at some of these reactions that's come through on our WhatsApp line. Hi, Oliver. It's Neba here from Kailicha, Cape Town. Um, I just heard you speak about the politics narrative and the electioneering going on at the moment. I, for one, don't want to vote ever again. 
because these guys are for us during the elections and then they are for themselves after elections. But there's one point that I keep hearing that if you do not vote, your vote goes for the ANC. I would hate to see that. That needs to be clarified and cleared for everybody to understand. Thank you very much. There's no such thing. Uh, the absence of a vote doesn't count towards a different party. There's absolutely no such thing. It's a bad idea to check, I think at least, it's a bad idea to check out of, to opt out of uh, the electoral uh, process. But I also don't think people should be uh, misguided and be told that your vote, the absence of your vote goes to another party. No such thing at all. Good evening, SAFM listeners. Good evening, family. Look, uh, guys, I, I wanna I wanna go vote next year. Oh, sorry, sorry, I wanna go vote this year, right? But, but I don't know who to vote for because too many things have happened, too, and they're still happening. I don't know who to trust anymore. I just wish to be honest, I wish I'll take out this party's name, this name out and just do a quick pick. Parties will just run random and that quick pick, you understand it. Then the right one will just come out, pop out. But uh, I'll take one party out, the one that I like it, but I don't trust it anymore. It has brought shame to, to South Africa. I just wish I could just do a quick peek and... Good night. <laughs> a lot of people are resigning themselves <laughs> to a lottery here. <laughs> uh, you know, a, a reluctance to participate in the electoral process is one that I understand. I completely understand why some people would feel that way, uh, Sandile, but... It, it's 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 defeatist to resign yourself to that. Um, and I don't imagine it will be easy for political parties to turn around that attitude. Uh, what will it take to turn around the attitude of people that are borderline uh, on the precipice of, of political apathy that will see them not participate back into political activism? Yeah, I think that... At the moment, there are some problems that we need to address. Um, you know, when we were growing up, there was still the element of, of elders in the community, um, not just uh, uh, political leaders, but also elders who are, who, are not, who are in the community, not in the political parties or whatever they were at the time. Uh, so they could guide us to understand that we as, as oppressed people, for instance, we have an interest, a common interest that we need to, to pay attention to. So, so this common interest does need to be activated in the community. But obviously it will take a bit of doing to say we revive the culture of elders, but I think younger guys like Songhezos, in the political arena are trying to send a message to all of us to say, guys, here are the other guys, the younger guys now, who are bringing something fresh. Some of them have never even been part of these trusted 
parties that have disgraced the nation and done all sorts of things. So uh, we need to start looking at, at that. But there's another important thing as to why do we have these elections? What is the alternative to these elections? Any, and any, the electoral process. Because in the, we had to move away from rolling mass action, abstract in terms of the guerrilla warfare, all those things, and say, okay, if all of us have got competing ideas, these ideas must be start to be resolved through an election rather than through the bullets and the tear gas and all that. So these guys who want to withdraw from the election need to understand that the Constitution is there to prevent violence, to say, use the elections to choose new people if you are tired of the old people. So to me, those are some of the ideas that elders in the communities and the younger guys like Songhez Ozibi, Baloi, and others need to start actually selling to the younger generation to say, guys, the alternative to this is worse. Because you're going to stay strong and stay in home. The next thing you're going to be making a petrol pump, you're going to be doing all sorts of things. So let's participate in all the structures that are there, that are in our constitution. Yeah. Sandile, thank you so much for your time this evening. I really appreciate it, as always, and uh, we'll continue the conversation as the year unfolds and the theater of politics begins to present itself to us. That is Sandile Swana, political analyst. We're going to take a short break. On the other side of this, we speak about initiation schools and why very little is being done to prevent deaths here in South Africa. On the other side of this.